One guy's a three-time Pro Bowler, the other's a three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and together, they're just two guys talking pack. This is the Coon Podcast with Jason Wildy and John Coon. It is the John Coon Podcast, episode 12, first 11. I always lose track. It is the, uh, you're not loud enough. How do you sound now? We'll call it episode hey, and there a half. you are. You sound much better there. Whatever it is, it's the holiday edition. How are you? How was your Christmas? It was kind of good. and It was good. Kind of good. See, here's the problem. It was good in the fact that I had off, and this was uh, the week, the I'll call it the media week from hell, in the fact that <laughs> We covered a game in Minnesota, got back. I had to beat a Milwaukee early in the morning on Tuesday, uh, do a couple things down in Milwaukee, get back, have Wednesday off. Yes. So that's great, right? Christmas. Sure. Great. Well, the oldest kid gets sick. That's so, The youngest that's kid good. is just wants to play with the oldest kid. Um, at least they love their presence. Uh, I can't say the same for my wife. She didn't. She gave me that face. You know. You know the <gasps> face. Oh no! No, the, the this not you, not the good face. More like yeah, the, more like the more like the. Mm, gee, thanks. Oh, face. tube socks. <laughs> oh, great. That's awesome. What did you get her that elicited that reaction? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, it, it, listen, it wasn't the it wasn't what I got her, and she's actually very appreciative. And she said later, you mm. know, but it was just it was it was. It just didn't tickle her fancy, is all. It, it really was. <laughs> so your your daughters are beautiful. Uh, they're on your Christmas card. Thank you for including us on the mailing list. Well, thank you, and I, I loved yours in the book that came with it. It only took me four <laughs> different. It was om- It almost took me as long to read that as it did to watch The Irishman. <laughs> That's fair. It was uh, there. Was, there was a lot of words, um, but. As they get a little bit older, as your girls have got, my girls are older than yours, but it is, it, it becomes a little more challenging. Do you still believe in Santa? They do. Ooh. Why wouldn't they? Because he exists, of course. Dang. Well, <laughs> are they listening? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. But no, I guess, I guess the trick is, when does that, when, when does that become? I don't know. Because I caught myself yesterday, okay, so for everybody out there, my daughters are going on five and, and two and a half, so... You know, they're, they're fun time. great age, great, great fun age. But I noticed myself slipping, slipping a couple times, you know, with, with the couple, with the couple of the, <laughs> oh, we finally got you a pony. Whoops. You I... mean Santa got her a pony. You know what I mean? Da, da, da. So, but what I was going to say is I noticed this with Paula and I as well, that you're very focused on the kids because Christmas is such a great thing when you're when you're a kid. It means and, everything. And you don't necessarily do as like I got I did get socks and I got some coffee. So what was your reaction? Um socks I knew coffee? what was coming. I, <laughs> I was coffee? kind of inoculated. So don't get but like last year, so last year I was really proud of my gifts. What I did was I tracked down one of Paula's old gymnastics leotards. And no, I didn't put it that on. That seems real. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm going to a good place here. Okay. And then I had uh, our oldest daughter, Madison's first leotard and Sydney's first soccer jersey. And I had them framed like you would a John Kuhn NFL Packers jersey. And instead, I did it with theirs with a photo of them in action mm-hmm. wearing the leotard or the jersey. That is cool. I like that. Yeah, and it kind of got shrugs. 
Like I was like, here oh, I. Oh, so spe- you got it last exactly. year, yeah? And I had spent. Well, I had poured worse, myself but, into it. But what's worst for you is yours was like the thoughtful, emotional, yes! reasoning behind it type gift. Mine was just I just went out and spent a, a good penny on on a gift so i don't know what i think the emotional gift is worse it hurts your soul yeah. it hurts you on the inside me i just think damn i spent some bucks on that too <laughs> yeah so my attitude this year was um hey i went all you, in last year so i'm not putting so, your, yeah. your reaction told me that i don't need to do that anymore one more thing about the holidays though because you played in the nfl for over a decade and you mentioned, you know, they won in Minnesota, so they had Christmas Day fully off as players. The coaches came in at noon. How challenging is this week? No one's crying a river for NFL players that yeah. they have to work on Christmas. Lots of people do. Yeah. But I remember whether it's Thanksgiving, we talked about that almost a month ago, or Christmas week. You guys once played in Minnesota on Christmas Eve, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what is that? What What's a football week like when you throw in the holiday mixture? Well, this is a mess of a week for us, media-wise. Um, and even for the players, because they got... they, they who, This team has had a great schedule sure. throughout the whole course of the season, but I didn't realize until we got here last week and I started putting the pieces together how much of a challenge and away Monday night game is going to be right. backed up with a Wednesday Christmas day. That's a brutal schedule, and if they would have lost, it would have really sent it into a tailspin. The fact that they won um, makes it pretty pretty easier scenario now i will say this they knew this was coming the coaches knew this was coming so they they had plenty of time to get their scouting in to get their game prep in to get their game planning in um it's not going to be like a normal week but you put it in the back end of last week or the back end of the week before and you get your stuff done so that you can come in on a tuesday after a monday night game sounds brutal but get all the mental reps Get the mental reps. Get all the mental reps on Tuesday that you would get as reps on Wednesday. And then you can come into Thursday and have somewhat of a normal day on Thursday. And it isn't a normal Thursday uh, today as you look at the schedule. No, and the players least, did like two walkthroughs? Yeah, it's, it, to me, to me, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm, the schedule's different. I, I've never seen one quite like this, but they're going to try and have a Wednesday and a Thursday in one day. So that, right. So that's something. Um, but they prepared for this, and this is what they got to. So that's the challenge. Tomorrow is where it will start being normal again. Right. And I always gave Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. Now, part of it was he also had small children, uh, much like Matt LaFleur does. But he got he kind of got it. Like, he didn't want you guys in the building on Christmas if in any way, shape, or form he could avoid it. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if we ever did Christmas. I kind of feel like one time we came in on Christmas but came in at maybe 2 o'clock or something like right, that, right. just to get film and just to get a walkthrough. So uh, the other part of this week that is kind of a big deal, and we heard Matt LaFleur refer to it as a playoff game, is, yeah, you've won the division, yeah, you're in the playoffs, but there is something out there for you. You win and you get a bye. You win and Seattle wins for you, and you get the number one overall yeah. seed in the NFC. Yeah. This is a playoff game only for the – uh, aspect of they're going to play they can either play three games with this being the third game right or they can play three games starting right. next week right 
you might as well make this one of your playoff teams a team that's three nine and one or three ten and one, whatever the heck they I, are right now. I think three eleven and one at this point. Oh yeah. boy, I can't do math. You, you can tell what kind of week it's been. It's been a week for you. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it together. You, but we 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 will let it slide. Uh, you do such good work. It's my you know, rookie otherwise. year. This is my rookie season. No, see, no, you're you did that show with Tauscher, so you don't get rookie status. You're you know what you are. You're one of those. What do they call them? A first year player where they they were in the league but they didn't play I at was all. On practice squad. I get it. <laughs> that was okay. the, I was that show. Practice. I heard that show. That was definitely the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was. It was super practice squad. I would say it was a step before the practice squad. <laughs> so let's look back because because we're also abbreviated this week because we are uh, not because of the holiday but because Wayne Larravee is our cousin sub of the day for Gabe on on Homer and Gabe today, so he's going to commandeer the WTMJ studios here. So let's start with what you saw on Monday night. You sent me a text at halftime, and you know that I have always had respect for your knowledge of the game, even when you were a much more difficult-to-deal-with player who wouldn't always talk to me. Um, <laughs> Tough or not, you got to love it. But you you sent me a text that said, I really like the way... We're playing and what what was happening with yeah, that team. Yeah, keep in mind we were losing at halftime. It was ten to, 10 nine, to nine, and there have been three turnovers. But I had what I had seen in that half of football was I had seen a team own both the field when they were on offense and on defense, and they really did. They owned the line of scrimmage, right? And that normally tells you the tale of what the teams are doing. Who's the more physical, more imposing team based off of that line of scrimmage? Now, you can have some absences in, in the back end with, sure. with the receivers or with the secondary, but we weren't having that. Okay, We had we had three turnovers, um, a throw where Aaron didn't, you know, admittedly did not see the safety. Um, that safety made a heck of a play on that, that, by the way. Terrific play. And then, uh, and then the three punch-outs, and I say three because Jimmy Graham's punch-out at the end of the half was almost detrimental. Like, that hurt my feelings. You guys have now put the ball on the ground two times, which they recovered, and uh, threw an interception. And, and you and you got to hold the ball, man. That's the right. way the game's been going. You've had this trend. Hold the ball because that would have been that would have been really bad if they didn't get that back. Right. If Geronimo Allison does not recover it, remember, even though he was ruled to have been out of bounds, the replay shows he's not out of yeah, bounds. So, and if the Vikings had recovered it, it's their ball. And, and, it, and it also hurt him in the fact that now they have to use a timeout. Correct. If you would have just held the ball properly, ran out of bounds, you would have preserved that timeout. If they'd have had that timeout with third down at the two yard line, now they got a pass run option. Right. And they couldn't now. Now they have they had to, throw. to throw. Right. And Devontae Adams, you know, Rodgers doesn't put that ball where he wants it to be. So that's and a, Adams called it a, a drop on him, so they both took the ball. Exactly. So okay, so in going back to the original thing, I thought they played a really good half of football. Probably my favorite half of football watching them this year. Um just considering the circumstances, the tough environment, uh, a good opponent, and and they were playing well minus those four plays. And I just felt if they could hold the ball in the second half, and I said this on the broadcast, if they hold the ball in the second half, you gotta like their chances. And sure, they, I mean, they showed that. Your text was, "I'm very impressed by us tonight." Yeah. Um, and you're right. You were losing. Yeah. And you turned the ball over three times. So what were you expecting then after you hit send on that? What I what, what I, were you expecting in the second half and is that what you got? Well this this is <clears throat> this is why I was impressed because they turned the ball over in their own territory. Vikings start with the ball at the ten yard line. Remember San Francisco? They just rolled it right in and scored and took a seven nothing lead. Right. Defense stood up for the offense. 
You know, Aaron's interception, they only had to go 20-some yards. They did get a touchdown there. But then the third time they turned the ball over around midfield, they stopped him, held him to no points, right. held him to a fourth down call, which was questionable out of Zimmer. And and, and just they got nothing on four plays. Didn't even get a first down. I now, thought, if Stephon Diggs makes the throw where he wants it to be to Kirk Cousins, they get a first down on that third down play, but right? But they didn't. But they but didn't, they did. right? Okay, so I just I loved the way the defense was complimenting the offense in the first half, even though the offense was moving the ball. They had three turnovers and three red zone trips that they kicked field goals, something we did not see the offense do all year long. So this, right. to me, this was like the, the opposite of what we're used to seeing the offense do, and, and just a great performance by the defense. So I felt like the offense was going to get it turned around in the second half. And if the defense, and talk about the defense's performance. That, that is a tremendous performance against a team that's averaging nearly 400 yards at home, right. 28 points, and they held them to 10. And it didn't even seem like it, they shouldn't even have gotten 10. And the one other touchdown that they get that's wiped out by penalty, I don't even think that there's no way Kirk Cousins even makes that throw if Riley Reef doesn't hold yeah, Kyler I mean, Fackrell. He's I mean, sacking him way before it was, that. it was a validated call. It was definitely right. a hold, and, and, and our two guys fell down on the back end. But I, I want to point out one more play, mm-hmm. the Kevin King interception, because that Kevin King interception came on a play exactly the same as a touchdown out here in Week 2 at Lambeau. So that tells me that the defense did their film watch. They studied it. And right. the best part about it was that was that was uh, the exact same play they ran for a touchdown against the Packers, but they ran it flip-flopped. So they ran they had Kevin King on one side and Jair, they were on opposite sides, but those guys watched enough film of each other throughout the week that they knew how to properly play that play the second time around. And- I, I was thoroughly impressed. To be able to correct your mistakes is says a lot about a team. And he returns it for a long return, so it's not you didn't just have the interception close to the goal line, but you've got it out toward you know, the field. You go. I can't help but blame Stephon Diggs on that a little bit. He was there fighting with the ref. He first throws up his arm while Kevin King's running back with the ball. He throws up his arms like, "Where's right. the penalty?" Blah, 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 you know, and and that just tells the tale of of two different teams where their minds were that night and you, you felt like Minnesota was fighting the whole time just to just to do anything and and there's a perfect example they want the call they don't they don't want to make the play they want the call in that spot and obviously their quarterback Kirk Cousins has taken some criticism for whether it's big games or prime time games he obviously had to carry more of the load without Dalvin Cook and without their backup, Alexander Madison, uh, Mike Boone, who we joked, Vikings fans, if he could be as good as you were, he'd get that coon treatment. <laughs> who joked if that? He'd be I a didn't joke that with you. I think Tauscher wanted to know if it was going to happen, and it did, but he didn't have a lot of production either. Anything else that stood out to you from that game before we look ahead to this week's opponent, the Lions? Darius Smith. Have you seen a ball game? like I haven't seen a ball game out of a guy like that in, in a Packers uniform in a long time. He completely took over the game. Three and a half sacks, uh, five more QB hits, and even when he didn't, he, he, he even when he didn't make the play, he was just destroying yeah. all of Minnesota's hopes and dreams. It was, it was he was just demoralizing them up front, and it was felt by the whole Packer defense, and they 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 just fed off of it, and and they all elevated their game as well, De, uh, ruining their hopes, dreams, and blocking schemes. Uh, some might say you um you know Aaron Rodgers really well. He spoke about Zadarius afterward. 
And it's interesting because he was here in 06 as a second-year player when Charles Woodson came in, and Tausch has mentioned this. Charles Woodson came in, and he was kind of a malcontent. He wasn't happy. We've talked about that, you and I, before. Uh, Julius Peppers came in in 2014, and he certainly wasn't that, but he was a guy who kind of deferred to you and Rogers and other leaders and said, hey, I'm the new guy. When they're ready for me to contribute in that way, I will, and he did. What do you think of what Zadarius has done with this team? Because it is different than those other two guys. I love that question because, to me, what I'm watching Zadarius Smith do in his first year uh, on a new team, the way he has changed um, an atmosphere, not just on the field physically, but in a locker room and with um, kind of preparation and the way guys work, it's something I haven't seen one guy do since Drew Brees did down in New Orleans. The way he has completely reinvigorated this 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 defense, the way they are focused. Guys guys are playing with with injuries now that 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 didn't before. And he's it's just fantastic to see his type of leadership and how the trickle down effect reaches uh, every nook and cranny of this stadium and gets every player involved. So let's look ahead to this week since we're on an abbreviated we're on an abbreviated schedule just like the team is this week. Yeah, we got to go quick. Um, what do you see from a three eleven and one Lions team that the last time these teams faced each other, I think they had a winning record still at that point. Yeah. They had an early bye. I think they were two, two one and one. Two one and one. Yeah, because they had just lost to Kansas City in a game they should have won. Right. We were all saying, and we were all very impressed and saying the North was the toughest division in football. And boy, how has um, the the second half of the season changed that a little bit? Right. But um, I, I don't know. That's always a tough place to play. So they'll come out and they'll be hot. I just don't even know if they're if they're. Heat check can can really compete with the Packers. Um, the Packers being 100 percent healthy, obviously the Lions down to their third quarterback. I, I just think it's it, it's going to be a tough battle for the Lions to really even even compete in this game. And yet, the one knock on the Packers this year, as you would say, in games that they should easily walk away and win, right. they've they've played down to their competition. So the Packers do again. They have something on on the line here. They have a really important stake that they need to get. And they have that one last hurdle that would be really nice for them to get over going into the playoffs to really feel hot about themselves, taking care of a team that you know you are better than. You're leading into the question I was going to ask you. So there have been some games this year where they have uh, seemingly not shown up to the degree that they needed to against an inferior opponent. Um, Do lessons like that get learned from those other games, and now you combine that with what's on the line, and you would certainly hope there will not be a flat performance on Sunday. I would certainly expect this to, to not be that case. With it being the last game of the regular season, this is the last game. You can't call this a trap game because this this is it. Right. You're not looking ahead to no. a game yet because you don't know what that is. Yeah, you, you, you have this in the bank, um, playoffs, division, check, check. You you had that last little kind of thing that you need going into the playoffs, being a first-round buy and possibly home field advantage. You can accomplish all those things with a performance that if you just go out and play your game, you should win. I would expect the Packers to correct um, their sins of the past and, and come through with a good performance this week. So you um, have forgotten more about quality offense and running back performances than I will ever know. Have you ever seen anything quite like Aaron Jones this year? I know he's had a few games where he either didn't get touches or wasn't productive, but he is 16 yards away from 1,000 yards, 
and he is one one touchdown away from tying the franchise record for most scored touchdowns in a season with 20. If he gets two touchdowns on Sunday, he will break Amon Green's 2003 record. What do you see from his season? Well, I'd love to see him do it because it's been that type of season. It's been a spectacular season, especially, you know, you go back to the Cowboys game where he put the team on his back with the four touchdowns yeah, and, and willed them to, to a great victory early on in the season. And we talked about him being a, a candidate for a Pro Bowl snub the way that he was, and I think you look now and you, you think, man, the best backs raise their level, raise their game when it counts, and, and he certainly has done that here of his late and having some of his best games here later on in the season. I, 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 just, we, I can't say I'm surprised by this because we came into the season with his yards per carry average right. talking, you know, being so great compared to some of the great running backs of the past, so we expected – a, a really good performance out of him. We always wanted McCarthy to give him the ball more. Matt LaFleur has had him on a pitch count he for, has. The, for the majority of the right. season, but now it's crunch time, and you see him getting 26 touches in the run game. Now it's time to give it to your bell cow. Who knows what's going to happen with Jamal Williams here and, and his injury, but you got to think that Aaron Jones is only going to get more touches, more opportunities here down the stretch and, in, and through the playoffs. Uh, you mentioned Jamal Williams' injury. I, it sounds like he expects to be able to go. If not, you know they've got Danny Vitale, who's kind of John Coon Light. They've got Tyler Irvin, who did a few things for did them. Did you say John Coon Light or Light. John Coon Like Light, like Bud Light, like not as not as <laughs> not as accomplished Light. Well, he's uh, got time to get there. I, does, like, I like I like Danny sure. a lot. I think he's a great player, and you saw that. You saw later in the game. Um, you saw him. He got he got held, didn't he? He yeah. catches that ball if he doesn't get held, doesn't he? Well, I'm not going to complain about the refs. The, number one, because that game they let them play, and when there's a division on the line, a prime oh, time so game, you liked it. I love the fact that they let the guys play. I mean, there was there was a bunch of plays that you could have called maybe a, a, a ticky-tack hold or a ticky-tack pass interference or something to that nature, okay. and I like the fact that they let them play. Five total penalties called in the game. We took the edge on that, two to three, so I, I love it even more. I just I, I like that, and, and I like Danny Vitale. I'll go back to Danny. I think he... Uh, you saw later in the game he was pass pro he was he was doing some other things so i think he's more than capable so last thing on our abbreviated uh episode of the john coon podcast um aaron Rodgers made some comments on thursday today which is when we're recording it about how this offense doesn't need him to throw 40 touchdowns and that the the expectations or the requirements of what he must do are different you know him as well as anybody he's one of your closest friends uh, what kind of adjustment do you think that's been for him this year? And what do you think? How do you think he's done with it? Well, I don't know if you remember, but last week we talked about Aaron Rodgers and you know the criticism he's gotten this year, taking some sacks, holding on to the ball. And I said, don't 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 sleep on Aaron going into a tough atmosphere. Getting when he has to raise the level, he'll play the game three, five, seven yards at a time. He threw all but I think eight passes less than ten yards the other night. And he took what was there. He had that one blemish with the interception, um, another one that was bounced around that could have possibly been an interception. Right. But I thought he played that game magically. And if he plays that way down the stretch and just leads the team, keeps the chains moving, because like he said, he doesn't need to throw for 40 touchdowns. So if he just keeps the chains moving, he'll give his guys more opportunities to make plays for him as the game goes on. And then he can make those plays when they're needed as opposed to having them needed all the time. Don't you just love 
even with this offense, and we've talked about the lack of star power around him, don't you just love an offense that if these other guys play true to themselves, it's still led by Aaron Rodgers. He can still at times make wine out of water and, and, and make those throws that you just cannot believe a human being makes. Right. I still... Teams are not going to want to face Aaron Rodgers, especially at Lambeau Field, because they know when, when all things, when all the chips are on the table, he's still one of the most dangerous guys in the league. I think it's wild that they are, if they win on Sunday, two wins away from the Super Bowl, and either one or two of those games would likely be at Lambeau Field, despite the fact that this offense is nowhere near what I think it will be once there's some talent replenishment and Rodgers and LaFleur have even more to work with in it. Yeah, you really start to think, what could next year look like? What could two years down the line look like? And yet, don't get ahead of yourself. Right. Because right. there's a lot of excitement in Town right now. Because be. what a difference a week makes. Because coming out of the Bears game, coming out of the Redskins game, even coming out of the Giants game, nationally the Packers were seen as not quite one of those teams. And now, right. going in there and handling business the way that they did, you can see them as one of those teams. We'll turn the WTMJ studios at Lambeau Field over to Wayne Larravee so he can be the cousin sub of the day on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. And we'll do it again next week. It's the John Thune Podcast. Thanks for listening.